Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. An inspiring story about what you can do even as a young person to create an impact in your community that is fully aligned with your core values and that is something that's really exciting to you, something you're interested in. Aishita, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So let's pivot and just talk about your impact project for a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's of, of extreme interest. Before the program, you uh, hadn't been using the word impact project. Um, you were focusing, if I remember correctly, on science competitions and math olympiads and things like yeah. that. Is that right? Yeah. And then you just told us that you were trying to be super well-rounded in as many ways as possible, athletic, theater, academic, competitions, etc. So mm-hmm. that was kind of like your plan, but you felt overwhelmed. You had no idea who you really were. And is it true to say, I'm guessing if you procrastinated chronically, that you not just felt overwhelmed, that sometimes you felt disengaged, like not every activity oh, yeah. brought you to life. Definitely. And that's where like social media kind of helped me escape. But then again, it also takes time away from you actually doing the things that you want to do. It's just this massive domino effect, right? You try to do everything, you try to overcompensate, then you absolutely despise it. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Then you try to escape using social media, then you end up wasting time, then you feel guilty, then you say you're not good enough, and then you do all over again. It's, It's a vicious cycle. You just summarized it so perfectly. (laughs) So that's where you were. That was your strategy. Um, And then in the Ivy League Challenge, we spent some time kind of talking about healthy activities and this idea that, you know, common sense ideas, um, little, little things in your life, little choices that you make have a compound effect and, and over time make the biggest difference in your success. So we started out there, but then we went quickly to the core values, and you already did an excellent job sharing how valuable that several weeks of core value work was. And then I taught you about being an investigator, right? Well, first we did the average Joe activity audit, and we let go of all of the activities that are not helping you get into university because there's a lot more than we realize. We can totally let them go and free up time so that we can engage in the stuff that we do care about. Now that we've identified our core values, we know really who we are and what brings us to life. We let go of the activities that aren't helping us anyway, that are probably making us frustrated, that are driving us over the edge, like you said, and causing us to want to disengage and then escape into social media and start that horrible, vicious cycle. So those activities are not just not helping you get in, they're actually pretty much making it impossible, right? So we eliminated all those activities. So all of that, I think, uh, is uh, we can start there. I, at that point, I taught you to be an investigative journalist. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. And um, first of all, tell us about your, tell us where your impact project is at now. A very short time after you began, right? We're, we're talking weeks, not years. Yeah. Um, but tell us kind of where you're at And then we'll look back at how being an investigative journalist and asking questions and just keep staying curious led you from where you started, which wasn't the end point, 
to where you are now, which probably is not the endpoint either, but is, um, you know, let's start there. So where where is your impact project at right now? Could you describe it? So I'll first like describe my impact project for those who don't know. So I'm really interested in climate change and global warming, as I mentioned before. And one facet of it is food waste. Food waste is something that like, in my culture, in my family, it's something that we're very strongly against. But within my community, it is something that's very prevalent. So as a student, I wanted to create a proposal, write a written letter to the environmental agency here in Singapore um, to give them a list of solutions that have been implemented in other countries that could work um, in Singapore to try to solve this problem. So at the moment, I'm finishing off my research. I'm starting to put all my information together. but of course, I'm going to keep scaling it. I'm going to try to do professor outreach. I've been re- researching professors um, in the UK, within Singapore, as well as the US in environmental science and people who had a hand in um, food waste policies all over the world. And hopefully that can help me really build my proposal to um, another level and try to create an impact within my community. Wow. So where did it begin? Well... Um, in the investigative journalist part, well, I only had a, like a broad idea that, oh, I hate global warming. I hate climate change. It's something that does keep me awake at night, but I didn't understand that as a 15 year old girl in a tiny Island on a massive globe, I cannot try to solve all of the problems in the world. So I Mm -hmm. needed to pick and choose and be like, what is one aspect of this massive problem that I could have a say in, that I could try to connect to, and I could try to inform my community and my sphere of influence that, hey, this is a problem. Here's what we should do about it. So I did some research. I asked my parents. I went around to different um, areas in Singapore, and I noticed there's a thing called hawker centers. For those of you who don't live in Singapore, it's like a massive food court. And there I noticed that there's a lot of food waste. Food waste is a massive part of global warming because of course it goes into the oceans it goes into incinerators and that releases carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases so i thought hey this is something that we could completely avoid so then i started researching about it i started seeing okay how much food waste does singapore produce is it really bad compared to other countries what are other countries doing um what happened before the industrial era like era how much food waste was there and then i realized how big of a problem it was and that's when I like the wheel started turning and I was like, okay, here's what I should do about it. Wow. So at first it started with, I want to help protect the planet. Yeah. I don't like global warming. Yeah. And through asking questions and self-awareness and reflection, and clearly you've got to have a little bit of time here. Yeah. Right. To be able to think these thoughts and ask these questions. If, for example, your schedule is so compressed like it used to be, with all the activities stacked one on top of the other, where are you going to squeeze in thinking time to go from global warming to, I wonder if my community, uh, you know, is, is, has this issue. And I wonder how that issue compares to the global community. And I wonder if there have been solutions in other parts of the world. And is this, is this inevitable? Like have humans always had this issue or is this something new? Is this something we can change? Like yeah. all of those thoughts take time. They do. And when you don't have that level of self-respect and you don't give yourself that time of day and you don't give yourself that time to rest and think and have that like moment to yourself, you don't have time to really look around you. 
that's something that like the Ivy League challenge helped me with. And that's something that I did as an investigative journalist during that module. I started looking around me, like going to the hawker centers, going to shopping malls, seeing if that's actually an issue. And then it kind of led me to where I am right now, where I'm actually trying to put it together and do professor outreach. So yeah, definitely. You need that time and you need that space to yourself and doing everything and overcompensating is not going to help. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, so we, we begin with freeing up the time. We begin with understanding our core values. Then we free up our schedule so that we can align with those core values, align mm-hmm. our activities correctly. And then we become curious. No matter what ever else is a part of who we are, we add curiosity because <laughs> that really is the key, right? Yeah, And we, we just fuel that curiosity intentionally for a little while until we hit a spark. And that spark ignites a flame and we fan the flame through further curiosity. We keep growing. But at some point at your age, like you said, on an island in the middle of a huge globe, uh, you know, you're limited in how much you can do to save the planet from all these different issues. Exactly. which are clearly violations of your core values. So they're clearly things that you will, are willing to spend time and energy on. But to be realistic, there's only so much that, that you know right now that you can do. So you find that in the UK, there's this legislation that has, has been effective. And after we talked about being the investigative journalist, I brought in um, outreach. And there's professional outreach, professor outreach, because some, uh, some impact projects, some students begin to be curious and they realize that the biggest impact they could make is furthering the world's knowledge base in some area, right? Definitely. Helping the world understand that, that the issue is not what the world thought the issue was. And you do that through research. And so for some impact projects, the actual impact project is researching. Yeah. And that's going to be directly with professors. And for other impact projects, for the most part, impact projects are going to be, here's this real problem in my community that violates my core values, but I am whatever age I'm at. I have the experience that I have. I am standing in my shoes from my position right now. I'm not fully capable of doing what I wish I could do to solve this problem. But I also know that I am only a relationship or an idea away from being able to make an Im- a bigger impact. And so I, I gave you guys templates to use and we, we talked about the do's and don'ts and we, we heard uh, advice from, from Dr. Law, remember, uh, who, who showed us exactly what uh, not to do in our email outreach. And, and then we can reach out to, once we understand the big issues, once we understand what the deal is with food waste, for example, in your situation, then we know what the real problems are. And we can send emails that are intelligent, that ask the right questions, or that demonstrate that we understand the right issues. We understand how that professor or that professional uh, would be related to these issues and how they might be able to help us. And then we ask intelligent questions. And when we do those things, these professors or professionals, they have no idea that, that you're 14 or you're 15 years old. They just know that you're a really intelligent person asking really intelligent questions about the thing that they care a lot about that they can quickly and easily help you with. And so they reply to the email, right? Whereas hundreds of other emails that they get, they just 
absolutely ignore because they, they don't do any of those things. And so um, that's kind of where you're at now. Yeah, you've, you've got this, you understand that there are bigger players in the world. And let's talk about, talk about uh, your outreach or either your outreach efforts or your outreach plans that are coming for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so for my impact project, I'm still in the research phase of my outreach because, um, as you mentioned, I did find a proposal very similar to the one I'm making. I did find some legislative action in the UK that they took on this topic, so I'm still finding out who was responsible for that. Um, what information did they use to support that legislative like bill or process? And I'm also looking at um, universities in Singapore as well as in the United States because those are like very established. Um, universities for the major I want to do, which is environmental science. And I'm still trying to like find professors that I can relate to on this topic and I can learn from on this topic. Um, but yeah, but once I do, I am going to use the steps that Mr. Gardner taught us. I'm going to like ask them about my questions, ask them for a, like a 10 minute Zoom call, asking questions and trying to build that connection with them. Um, to not only scale my impact project, but to also learn more about the field that I want to go into. It's not just to make it look good for like your college application, like, oh, I worked with a professor. It's an amazing learning opportunity to actually work with an expert. And that's something I never thought that I could do before. That was completely distant from me. So I'm very excited to start that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, how much more powerful is your initiative, your proposal to the Singaporean government going to be if you know your name is the first name on there but behind that they see you know Dr. so-and-so from from Caltech University who also is an expert in in food waste they see these other professionals and a few other professors who contributed in the UK to the legislation that successfully reduced food waste there yeah. And they see a proposal that is intelligent and that has the backing of these scientists and, and experts that actually know what they're talking about. And yes, you spearheaded it. And then they give the credibility to your spearheading. And then what are the chances that you can actually change the situation in Singapore and help make a significant impact on the planet? Much, much higher. Exactly. Like suddenly they're real. Like this is a <laughs> real thing. And so I, I think that it's amazing that you've done so much in so little time. And if you think about it, uh, college admissions for seniors are going to be due in the next eh, 60 days or so, oh, yeah. um, depending on different universities, deadlines, and things like that. And of course, there are some universities that are much later, but most most are going to be turning in their applications. And actually, this will go live a little bit later. So maybe that deadline is. But you have, from the time we're speaking now, you have a little bit more than two full years to nurture this impact project, nurture this idea that you have, this flame that you have ignited, the fire that is now burning. And it's not something that you have to think, oh, I've got to do that thing again before the due date. And so you're procrastinating and pushing it off. You're literally, you know, waking up thinking, how can I, how can I add this to it? Or, or I wonder what about this? I wonder what about that? And so you're waking up excited about this because this is an issue that you can actually make an impact on that solves a real problem in your community that violates your core values. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
if I'm not doing my homework, I'd rather do this. That's why I'm so excited, like, during winter break and spring break, I'm really, like, allocating a lot of time to it. Also, because, like, (laughs) teenagers kind of have the habit of doing the opposite of what people tell them to do. So the (laughs) fact that I want to do this on my own, and this is something that I personally care about, makes me a lot more motivated to actually investigate about it, to have conversations about it with my friends, with my teachers, with my family. So it's just, like, you're constantly thinking about it. And you feel good that you're constantly thinking about it. It's not something that's overwhelming you or scaring you. Yeah. And your understanding of several science principles is going to expand beyond what you had originally realized over these next couple of years. And probably you're going to figure out some ways to tie in government and economics and mathematics and all kinds of just, you know, um, human psychology uh, and behavioral economics. There's all kinds of tie-ins that begin with that spark that started a few weeks ago that has has fanned into a flame. I I say a few, it's been several weeks, but uh, a couple months, it's fanned into a flame that is now something that you look forward to when you have free time. And I just can't wait to see what happens over the next couple of years. Thank you. Like even in my like in school, I've taken classes like government, as I mentioned before, because I also want to look into the relationship between climate change and public policy. And that's made me so much more enthusiastic and also hardworking and successful in that class as well, because it's not just the coursework that I'm trying to like understand and learn, but I'm also like constantly asking questions and I'm having conversations after class with my teacher that end up like going for like half an hour about this impact project and like all these other questions that I have. So it just, it you, makes you a lot more curious, but it makes you a lot more, like your mind is always working and that's a good thing. I love that. I love that. And that's something that I've seen happen, not just with you, with almost every member of the Ivy League Challenge. At least every student that I stay in close enough touch with that I kind of know how the rest of their day goes, they report the same thing. Because they're not overwhelmed and feeling daunted like you know you described at the beginning of of part 1 of the podcast you described how before the Ivy League challenge you were so frustrated and and just so overwhelmed with all the things that you thought you needed to do that you felt like you needed to escape because eventually you hated all the daily activities mm-hmm. and so you escaped into social media and got into that terrible downward spiral well sometimes parents and teachers see students who are in that downward spiral and misunderstand it. They don't see a student who is overwhelmed and burned out. They see someone who just doesn't care. They yeah, see a, a kid who just, hard yeah. yeah, who's not a hard worker, who doesn't understand what it takes to be successful. And so they, they just don't understand what's actually happening for the teenager. But if you can remove the, the activities that are, are just weighing you down, you, you take off the shackles of those activities and free up your time, free up your energy, and you replace that time and energy with time to think and be creative and, and pursue your interests and solve a problem in your community with people that, that you know around you that violates your core values. I mean, these are the things that really bring you to life. And suddenly you realize, man, I haven't looked at Instagram or, or whatever for, for however long. I, why, would I, why would I bother with that? Or if I have, it's been because I wanted to do outreach to someone. You know, and, and you just, life, 
everything changes. You, you start to, instead of feeling like you have to get schoolwork done, but you have limited energy, the stuff you're doing when you're not doing your schoolwork fills your soul with energy. And so then you have leftover energy to, to do better on your schoolwork. And like you said, you find ideas in class and, and you're sparked because you have this impact that you're making in your real world. Some ideas in class are, are, resonate differently and you want to ask more questions and, and you tie in different ideas to the classroom discussion because you're thinking about it differently because you're engaged in something real. Yeah, definitely. So I love that that has been your experience. Uh, one last question for you, for the listeners who are listening in, trying to figure out how to do an impact project, where to get started, all of that. It, it just feels overwhelming. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's, who's listening and then thinking, that's what I want to do. Uh, let me get started. What mm -hmm. might trip someone like that up? What advice would you have for them? That's a good question. I think What's important to do first is understand what are the things that you enjoy doing? What is something that you can talk about on and on and on and on and never get bored and maybe even annoy people around you, but you will always enjoy it. And then you also need to separate what are your hobbies? What are things that you do for relaxation? What is your creative outlet versus what is something that you want to put your energy into to kind of share with everyone else? Like for me, I really enjoy theater. I love it. But it's not something that I would do professionally for the rest of my life. It's a creative outlet for me, but something that I want to use my skills in like mathematics, for example, and my passion for science, I would put that into the major I want to pursue, which is environmental science. And I keep those two things separate. They keep me balanced, but it gives you a better sense of like, what are my actual goals instead of trying to overcompensate and do everything. And then in terms of your impact project, what is something that really like I think just catch yourself on the things you complain on what is the one thing that you complain on the most and it's not like oh my god my teacher gives me so much homework it's like an actual world world problem what do you complain on whether that's um women's rights that's lgbtq rights that's global warming that's pollution it's racism it's poverty if there's an actual problem that you have discussions about with the people around you, then that's probably something that you're passionate about. And that's something that you should actually try to maybe take the time, write down some questions. This is something that really helped me. I had like a notebook with me that I like allocate for my impact project. And I write down my questions every single time to kind of register it through. And then I tried to sit down and actually look for the information. And you kind of go on this like you go on this kind of spiral that, okay, if this happens, then what about this? Oh, but what about this? And then it like mm. keeps building from there. So yeah, first find what you like to do, separate your hobbies from like your actual passions, and then just like find what you complain about and then write down every single question that you have. And then I love it. Right from there. Such great advice, such great advice. And I love, you know, what's interesting as I hear you, I'm just going to make one last comment and we'll, we'll finish up for the listeners. I know this has been so, so valuable, but I love that your advice is so, um, so centered on your impact project and the journey that you take, that you took, yeah. right? Some other, other impact projects might have completely different advice. <laughs> you know, if someone solved a problem in their school, they might they might say to to focus somewhere else and if someone else you know went to do research or someone else broke a world record in something there's all these different ways that we can make an impact and i really really love how your personality 
really came out in your advice and in your answer. And you gave such great advice for someone who kind of fits that exact, um, who, who, who fits with you, right? Someone who kind of fits with your persona. And so super, super valuable. I, I can't express enough appreciation on behalf of the listeners for your your genuine and sincere comments, your your willingness to open up about how you felt, about how you overcame how you felt, and about the real experiences you had. I, for one, am your absolute fan. I'm in your corner, <laughs> excited to see where this goes and excited to see what you do for Singapore and for the world over the next couple of years and then beyond. If you think that solving problems right now as a high school student is exciting, which it is, wait until you get to a, an elite university with resources that will blow your mind, with faculty who are more accessible than you ever imagined. You can literally go walk down and knock on their doors and they're almost, I mean, they're amazingly accessible. And with peers who are just as driven and excited about making an impact as you are, and many of whom have been making similar impacts in high school, even though they didn't know that it was called an impact project or whatever. You know, they're the people that, that were breaking the rules and not trying, not caring about following the advice that everyone gave because they were so interested in whatever they were interested in that they became really impressive and, and really interesting and attractive to these top universities. So just, I just can't wait to see what you do with your curiosity and your amazingness when you have those kind of resources and you have developed the problem-solving skills, the self-efficacy, the emotional intelligence, and, and everything else, the grit and the endurance and, and just the, the confidence that you will continue to develop over these couple of years, that is college preparation. And I'm just so proud of you and so happy Thank for you what so you've done much. so far and so excited to see how this is going to end. Of course, it doesn't end, but how it's going to evolve over the next couple of years. So thank you so much for, for joining us today, for sharing your amazing, amazing experience and sharing your great advice. Thank you for joining us, Ishida. Thank you so much for having me. I'm smiling very, very hard right now. So thank you, Mr. Gardner, for all your help. Um, also, if you do do the Ivy League challenge, there's a lot you can learn from your peers. So the discussions you have with them are very meaningful. For anyone Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. All right. Thanks so much. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.